notice the burning bush. He has um, gone over there. God has uh, told him. He's communicating with him now personally. I, I hope you're happy about the way God communicates. Isn't it amazing that God would communicate with us, mm -hmm. that he would talk to us, uh, that great him, and he walks with me, and he talks with me, and he tells me that I am his own. What a beautiful thought that is. And um, the, the relationship there. And uh, and so he's communicating with Moses now. And when he begins to communicate with Moses, he reveals two things about himself. Number one, we saw this, his holiness. Number two, his immutability. He never changes. These undergird the message of God. When God is speaking to you, when he's speaking through his word, when he's speaking to you, undergirding that, which is a great comfort and a strength, is his holiness. Do you realize all of his attributes flow through his holiness? If he were not holy, he could be nothing else. If he were not holy, he couldn't be omnipotent he, because sin just has, is, 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 uh, destroys, uh, dis destroys and, and uh, is death. I mean, there's no power uh, in sin. There's no power in the grave. It's, it's, it's the opposite of that. If he were not holy, he could not be omnipotent. If he were not holy, he could not be omniscient. If he were not holy, he could be not immutable. We're looking at these. He is holy first and foremost, and I'm so thankful for that. And, and the truth of his holiness um, bolsters, I should say, let me, for that, lack of a better word, bolsters the, the, uh, the power and, and the gravity that he speaks to us. You know, when somebody in our, of our peer group speaks to us, it's wonderful. We like that. We have relationships. But, but purity and sinlessness isn't attached to that. There, there's, always, uh, there's always a... An, an opportunity that uh, that communication is going to be marred somehow. Somebody will say, I'll do this. And you say, oh, that's wonderful. But in the back of your mind, we always go, I hope so. Why? Because they're not holy like God is. They're not pure. They're, we're not perfect, right? Uh, we don't know the future, right? And so we can say, well, yeah, I, I'm going to do it. And then tomorrow something comes up and you're like, yeah, I'm not doing that, right? And so, but when God speaks, when God speaks, we know that he, he is speaking through his holiness and he is speaking through his immutability. He doesn't change, right? I am the Lord thy God. I change not. We can't grasp that really. We can rejoice in it. We're glad to know that God doesn't change. It's a comfort to know that. But to really fully grasp what that, the, the fullness of what that means that he never changes. I mean, that should, be, that, that should help. The, the point of that is to help us, right? We have things that we're trying to get through in life. We have things we're trying to deal with. We're in valleys. We're going through some hard times. And we're, we're leaning on God. We're leaning on Him. We're looking to Him to, to fulfill a need that we have to deliver us from something. And it is an incredible uh, encouragement to know that He never changes. So listen, if He delivered this one and He's no respecter of persons, He'll deliver you. Right. I remember I had a great need one time. I was praying about it and praying about it. And sometimes I, I'm telling you, we need there, there are things that keep us from praying in, in belief and faith. There can be something nagging in the back of our mind while we're praying and we end up not praying in belief and we have no power in our prayer that way. And some of the times, some of the things that we that we um, that hinder our praying and belief is just uh, just, um, how do I say, maybe com 
comparing ourselves with somebody else. Well, I'm not like that Christian. I'm no George Muller, right? George Muller prayed down, I mean, what, four different orphanages, a church I think of around 1,200. I mean, never asked a dime out of anybody, refused to. He said, I'd ask God alone. And then you read the story of their life, how God provided. and God, I mean, just in miraculous ways, his entire Christian life. And you think, well, I'm no George Muller. And you can pray in unbelief. But you know what the thing, nice thing is? Is that God is immutable. He doesn't change. He's holy. And when you think about his immutability and his holiness and realizing he's no respecter of persons, I have just as much power with God as George Muller does and as anybody else does, right? And so when we understand who God is, this is, this is, the, the, this is why it's so imperative to know who God is because it, it will help us when we approach him uh, for the deliverance that we need. Absolutely. So he said he's holy. He said he's immutable. But today, not just his communication, he's told Moses, he's called him out. He's told him who he is. But today we're going to see in, the, in, in Exodus chapter 3, if you find your way there, God's compassion. God's compassion. I, I know some people destroy and they ruin what it means that God is a God of love and a God of compassion. We know the pendulum is always swinging, isn't it? It's either God is all the way over here in compassion and he just, uh, I mean, he's to the place of, of uh, uh, antinomianism. You want a big word? Antinomianism means you just, the law doesn't apply at all and you can live however you want to because God is such grace and love. He doesn't judge. He doesn't care. It's okay. Everything's fine. That's a pendulum swing over here. The other one over here is the guy who just, he's just constantly breathing fire down from heaven. And, every, and they live a life of constant fear before God that they're just going to be consumed. Bad pendulum swings both ways, right? God is not only a consuming fire, absolutely. Not only is he, is he angry at the wicked every day, the Bible says, but he's also a God of compassion and love. I mean, he, you talk about bad, people want balance in their life. Get attached to God. That's the that's the perfect balance you'll ever have in your life. He is completely love and he is completely judgment. And his, but his judgment is, is undergirded by his love, right? I mean, God is a, 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 a God that has desires out of us. He has a way that he wants us to live like any parent will. You know, here's the way Jesus said, walk ye in it. And he gives us that. But undergirding that is his love and his compassion towards us. And have you ever, does anybody have anything in their life? Maybe there's this, I mean, it just stands out to you today, just the stark thing. Something happened and you noticed within yourself the compassion of God. And you just looked at, you're like, what is with me? Why does this, this, but this is, you know, mine eye hath affected my heart. What is going on here? Anybody have anything like that? I mean, just jumps out at you. I, 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 can, I remember something and uh, it, was, it was interesting. Anybody? I'll tell you if you don't tell me, you tell me yours, I'll tell you mine. <laughs> Anybody have an event in their life when they thought, wow. That was the compassion of God working in me. And I don't know why I was so compassionate towards that person. <laughs> right? Jana? Or were you just not? Oh, okay. Yes. I'm ready. I could really feel his presence. I mean, it just, it came over me and it, it was like I was looking through his eyes. Mm-hmm. Right. And I had got to the point where I was, my voice was shaking and I was getting scared because mm-hmm. he shot it off in that house. Mm-hmm. 
Right. Or you know it's coming. I just went into the, the room where he was at, and it was just like I had nothing but compassion mm. for that person. And I wanted, I wanted him to stop, but I wanted him to be okay. Mm-hmm. And comforted. Just, yeah, that's one of those things you say, where'd that come from? Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. right. Wow, that is, yeah, that's uh, that's great. Anybody else? I was driving through Oklahoma City and saw this this little black kid off the side of the road in his car, and uh, messing with his tire. And I don't know why, it just came over me, turned around, went back, and I got his car, put in my car, brought him to a tire shop, got his. I mean, I was just I was driving all my day, just going through, and something just the compassion that came over. That's God. That's God at work. And you, we all have those times and, and, and things like that. But God is a compassionate God. And every once in a while, I think it's a wonderful thing we get to see, like you said it, we get to see the world through his eyes. you know, Or you see somebody walking by and something comes over you. It's like they're on their way to hell, most likely. And, and the compassion of God comes over you. And, and, and you have this, this desire almost to hunt them down and get them to, you know, you know it. It comes. Sometimes you wish it came more often. I know. I think it would if we weren't so busy all the time, but um, because we are His vessel. But the compassion of God, when He revealed Himself to Moses, when God did, He 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 said that He heard the cries of Israel. Look at look at here we are in chapter three. Look at verse seven. This is now God speaking. It's His holiness. He's speaking through His immutability. And look at His compassion. I and and the Lord said, "I have surely seen the affliction of my people, which are in Egypt, and have heard their cries by reason of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows." Remember back in Psalm, David said that He keeps our tears in a bottle. Right? David says, "I know that they're in Thy book, God. I know You've written them down." And, uh, and I've mentioned this, remember, we, we keep cards and we keep little trinkets and little curios that people give us to, to look at them again, to visit them again, to go to open that card up and read it again and go through that great memory again of, uh, of just the kind words or whatever was said. And, uh, but God knows our tears. That, listen, that's compassionate. You said, well, why do you let me go through it in the first place? <laughs> can, I tell you, can, I, can I tell you something? We live in a sin-cursed world. We live in this, and if you want to retain, listen. If you want to retain your 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 uh, your free will, and if you enjoy having the ability to love, right, and and which you have to have a, a free will in order to love. If you want, if you want to retain that, this is just where we live. You know, the choice of Adam and Eve has brought us where we are. But can I tell you this also? I don't never to minimize anybody's pain, but uh, this life. Is so short in the realm of eternity. I'm telling you, friend, it won't even show up on the map when we're off this planet. The deepest pain will never show up again. I, I really, I, 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 I've often wondered, I've often wondered, I, I know that it's like the, the death process, really what we're going through now is really like a birth process. That baby has its, its, uh, it's got the womb, it's got everything, the only thing it knows, it's lived there. That's its comfort zone. It's, 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 it, was, it was created it, you know, to live in that environment until it's time for birth. And it fights the birth, really, until it comes through. But it's never lived out in this area. It's never breathed air for, through, uh, and oxygen through its lungs. And it kind of fights that. And you see that pattern in our death one of these days. But this is where the child was meant to live, not, say, in the womb. Could you imagine carrying a child till they're 50 years old? 
Oh, that'd be weird, right? Yeah. We're not meant to stay in this world. We're going to, can, can anybody as a child remember that time in the womb? I mean, you had a brain. I mean, obviously there are things you do know and do, I mean, subconsciously, but there's nothing we remember from our, our hanging out in the womb for nine months, right? We don't know anything about that. I don't think we're going to know anything about this world. It's going to pass away. You know, they say, oh, the, the tears that are going to be uh, wiped out of their eyes, you know, the memory, that's after the judgment. We're going through a judgment. And God's going to have to wipe tears away because we're going to go through judgment before heaven. But, um, but God, knows, God knows our tears. And, and this is the life that we're living in right now. We're living in a sin-cursed world, right? Maybe if you were perfect without sin, you would have a gripe against God. But you've hurt people. Maybe Judy hasn't, but everybody else has, right? I mean, every time we get upset at somebody's hurt, it's like, well, what have, what have we done, right? We're all fallen. We're all sinful. But God is a God of compassion. He says, I've, I've seen your tears, and I'm going to respond to those. He doesn't have to, right? He doesn't have to do that, but he's a God of compassion. He, in, 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 in revealing his compassion, now we're going to look at two more attributes that he's going to reveal. Not only is holiness, not only is immutability, but today we're going to see if I ever get to the end of it, maybe not. We're going to see his omniscience and his omnipotence. Omniscience, omni means all. And the word like S-C-I-N-T, I don't even know how to pronounce it. Shince, omniscience, is knowing. So he's all knowing. God knows everything there is to know. He knows it all, right? And then he's omnipotent. Potent means power, omnipotent potent, right? And he's omnipotent. He's all powerful, all powerful. God is all power, all power. How much did it take for all power to restrain all power when Jesus put on human flesh? Yeah, he he restrained his power. He restrained. I mean, you just look in the garden when they came and they said, uh, are you you Jesus of Nazareth? I am. Yeah. At any given time, he could have operated in his full glory. He told Pilate, do you not know I could, take the, I, I could call down ten legions of angels to take me off this? I, at any moment of time, Jesus could have snuffed everything out of existence and it would have been fully sufficient in himself and would have needed nothing from us. He could have done that. But he's a compassionate God. He loves you. He knows where you are. He knows what you're dealing with today. He knows what you're going through today. And he is, and when we think of 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 this compassion, knowing that he is omniscient adds a sense of, how do I say, comfort to knowing that God is a compassionate God. He's aware of what you're going through. He's aware of it. Do you know like a wise father, some of your dads let you go through stuff. Some of them watched on and you're like, help. And they're like, you'll get it. What were they doing? They're molding you. They're building you. They're making you stronger. My grandfather one day said, pull the, pull the wagon into the barn lot. Well, we had a barn lot, which was kind of small, and we had a gate here facing, uh, facing east because I know my east, north, south, east, and west because he screamed at me one day about it. And we had another gate that was facing uh, north, so he had a, had a corner, east and north. And, um, okay, he told my brother and I to go pull horse thistles at the west side of the barn. And so we started taking off to go 
Well, and you can hear a big voice. He yelled across the, I said the west side of the barn. Don't you know where west is? And we're looking at each other like, I don't know where west is, right? But now we do. And so the gate goes east, and then there's another gate west, or uh, north, and this small barn lot, we have a tractor, the, it was an 8N, or a 9N, tra- Ford tractor, and our hay wagon, which was you know, about that high off the ground. And, so. and he said, back that in the barn. Man, I had to get through the eastern gate it's got to be a story there and to the through the northern gate and then back it back in and man it was tight in there and that i'm gonna tell you he sat there on the fence post like this and just watched (laughs) got it in he went turned around walked off (laughs) took me like an hour but he figured, no, that's what a, that's what a wise father or wise grandfather does sometimes, don't they? No, they don't just rush in and go, oh, I'll get it for you. Why? Because that doesn't help you. It makes you useless to society. You know how many kids are useless to society because their parents just did absolutely everything for them? Oh, what a tragedy that is. Well, I didn't want them to grow up as hard as I did. Well, maybe that's why you've been done as well as you have, right? You ever thought maybe the, the hardness you grew up in helped you? Amen. But he doesn't always he doesn't always come and just take us out of everything. He he is sometimes he is a wise father and he is omniscient, he's all knowing. He knows what's coming in your future. He knows what you need to be ready for. He knows what you need to be uh, uh prepared for and life experiences if you'll notice have been preparing you for other life experiences. You ever go through something? You go, boy, I wonder what's coming down the road. I, uh, now I've learned this. I know the Lord's taught me this. Oh, great. That means, oh, who knows what's coming now? You're right. No, but he does. He prepares us. Right? He prepares us. He's all-knowing. He's all-knowing. He sees our needs. He hears our cries. He told Moses, I have heard their cry by reason of their taskmaster. He knows why they're crying and who's, who is, who is uh, the, the pressure that's on them and, and why the tears are flowing and why the cries are going. He knows all about that. Right? We don't pray to a statue, do we? We don't, we don't pray to a dead saint, do we? We pray to the living God. There's one mediator between God and man, and it's the man Christ Jesus. Praise the Lord. And he's making intercession for us. Think about this. Jesus, at this moment, is praying for you. He's pleading your case. The Holy Spirit of God is like a, also like a great lawyer that, that argues our case before God. Right? He's all-knowing. Job 23, Job said this, But he knoweth the way that I take. When he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. Do you see everything you go through in life has a purpose to it? Listen to me again. Nothing you experience in life is without purpose. Nothing's without purpose. God God uses that. He has a plan for that. Why? Because he's all-knowing. He knows what's coming down the pike. You You know where we mess it up? Is when we don't trust him and we do our own thing. Like, oh, I don't like this. This hurts. So I'm going to do this and try to change this and do that and do this. And God's going, oh, no, please just go through that because I know what's coming. And it'll help you. <laughs> it'll, it'll strengthen you because something bigger is coming. Yeah. I'm thankful that this class is an older class. You know, you've, you've lived enough in Christ. You've experienced things. 
But how many even today struggle when prayers don't get answered immediately? Wouldn't you think we'd have matured past that and trusted them? I haven't. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm like, the words went out. What's, why isn't anything going on? But no, it is. It is. You know, when your kids might have come to you and said, uh, we're out of milk. You might have said, okay. Thank you. Didn't know that. Right. And what were you doing in behind the scenes? You didn't have, did you give them every step of the way? Hey, tell you what, thanks for telling me. Uh, about 2 o'clock, we're going to go ahead and go to the store, and then we'll probably go down to aisle number 7. We'll get some milk picked out. Chocolate or, oh, chocolate, okay, yeah. Whatever. You're like, okay, thanks, go play. And what were you doing? You're, you were working on it. You weren't going to leave them without milk, right? Or whatever the need was. But you didn't have to tell them every step of the way either. Why? Because you're the one in charge, not them. They, they can't even figure out how to brush their teeth, right? Trust them. Trust them. He's working behind the scenes. He absolutely is. Don't you have enough history of it already? Can't you already look back in your past and see, well, yeah, he's, he's done it in the past. He is, he is uh, immutable. He doesn't change. Well, he'll do it again. All right. you, know what he lo- you know what God loves to do? I've noticed this. He loves to do it different every time. Just to keep you on your toes? No, to keep you trusting him. Do you think, do you think the omniscient, all-knowing, all-powerful God doesn't have any, an eternal amount of ways to get something accomplished? See, we're finite. So we think, well, and this is how my brain works because it's, it's finite and it's way too analytical. And I get everything I'm like, this is how it needs to happen. How many do this? You, you have a need, you go before God and you imagine in your mind how it's going to happen. And you know what ends up happening? And sadly, we put him in a box. He works outside of the box. It does it like we don't think it ought to be done or don't see it. And then we kind of miss that he did it. Why? Because we had it figured out. We ought to do it this way, right? And he doesn't do it that way. But he did it. Why? He's dead because he, he knows what he's doing. It, you know, sometimes we look at Peter and we think, what a dope. All the time. You know, questioned Jesus, didn't believe him. Jesus even turned around at one point and said, uh, you know, get thee behind me, Satan, for thou savorest not the things of the Spirit of God. Like, wow, what, a, what an indictment from Jesus. And we think, what a, what a fool, what a bumbling doofus, right? And it's like, Hold on a minute. Yeah, if there's a modern day Peter, I think I'm a modern day Peter. I don't know how many times, you know, we can question what God says and we can overanalyze it. And we can think, eh, you know, we're no different. We're no different. Delays, listen, delays do not mean denials. It doesn't mean denials. Yeah. He always hears. He's always listening. He is a God that does, he does not sleep nor slumber, the Bible says. Yeah. He hears what you need. He knows it. Look at verse 23 and 24. It came to pass in the process of time. Am I at the right place? No, go back to chapter 2. That's what I wanted. 23 and 24. And it came to pass in the process of time that the king of Egypt died and the children of Israel sighed by reason of the bondage and they cried and the cry came up unto God by reason of the bondage and God heard their groanings and God remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac and with Jacob. 
And God looked upon the children of Israel and he had respect unto them. He was going to do it. Right? He hadn't forgotten. He hadn't forgotten. It was just got to be in his time. How many remember that chorus in his time? In his time, he makes all things beautiful in his time. Lord, please show me every way how you're leading me and you're doing what you say in his time. Yeah, yeah. Got that one down. Forgot how the half that one thing went. Should have sung. No, should not. Yeah. Sometimes it looks desperate, doesn't it? Sometimes your heart's aching because you need God to show up. Might come to the point of tears. You should go to you should go to the go through the Psalms and see how, how often David cried out to God. No, this is a guy that could hack somebody in pieces and go home and sleep. This was a warrior. I mean, this guy was. I mean, you talk about bloody. God said, "You're a bloody man. You're not going to build the temple." I mean, I, we can't. We think our we think our society is pretty rough right now. Friend, for sport, at the end of harvest, they went and just hacked each other up with swords for fun. That's what they did. They they went out to play. They rose up to play. What did they do? They got their. They went and and, and you know the ultimate MMA today, except with swords and uh, hacking people. To, he was a tough guy. You know, and he pray. He he wept and he prayed before God and he cried out to God. And how often David said, "I cried unto the Lord and He heard me." Sometimes it looks desperate. Sometimes we don't have words we can say. Sometimes it's so bad we just say, Holy Spirit, you're just going to have to intercede. I don't know what to say. You, you can, you're going to have to pray on this one. I don't know what to say. But he knows. He absolutely knows. Let's, I want to move on here real quickly. God's omniscient. I could. I don't. I don't have time to add too much, but I want to get to this here, that He's omnipotent. God is omnipotent. Not only does He feel what you feel, but He can do something about it. He can do something about it. He absolutely can. I know. I know. To the, the to the to the faithless, we say, well, why hasn't He done something sooner? Or you might look at a situation and go, well, He hasn't done anything yet, right? And we get bitter. We get bitter towards God. Don't. Oh, don't go down that road. That opens up a whole lot of problems, bitterness. But we get bitter at God, and you think He ought to. Uh, how, how many have gotten to the place of bitterness? You didn't think God was going to do anything, and then He does, and you're like, "What a dope!" It's like I fell for this again. Of course He was going to. Of course He was going to do something about it. And here I am, grousing around like oh, you don't know me, right? Yeah. He's omnipotent. Omni means all potent, powerful. He's all powerful. Look at verse 8, Exodus 3 and verse 8. Look at in our text, look what he says. And I am come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of the land unto a good land and a large, unto a land flowing with milk and honey, unto the place of the Canaanite and the Hittite and the Amorite and the Perizzite and the Hivite and the Jebusites. Wait, that's a lot of opposition. God says, I'm going to put you right in the middle of it. And they're going to leave. They'll have to leave. Well, they're, Israel messes that up. But anyway, they could have left. <laughs> yeah. He's omnipotent. I like this. I like this. Think about this. If God says, look at verse 8, I am come down to deliver them. If God has said that, who can stop him? 
If God has given you a promise, you know the only thing that stops him? Matthew 13, Jesus said, I would have done more. I would have done more miracles in my hometown if my own family had just believed me. Faithlessness is the only thing that stops God. There is not a power in the universe that can stop him. There's another reason why we know there's no other God. (laughs) Nobody has stopped him. I love it when God says, there's not another one. I don't know him. If there is, I don't know. So the all-knowing God says, I don't know know of another one. It's like, well, I guess there's not. And if there were, I think he would have piped up by now and go, "Uh uh-uh, you know, I am over you. It hasn't happened. It hasn't happened. He is all-powerful. God is, uh, he is omnipotent. If he says, I'm going to deliver you, he'll deliver you. May not look, hey, listen, it may not look like you think deliverance ought to look. But it's how deliverance should be for what God is trying to accomplish in your life. How many are convinced, hey, how many are convinced that God is trying to accomplish what is good in your life? How many, how many are convinced that God loves you? Yeah. Convinced of that? You know, some people really struggle there. They really struggle. That, well, you know, they know God's love and it's almost like he has to because that's who he is. Not because he wants to. No. You could even go as far as say he likes you. Maybe there's sometimes he doesn't like you. No. <laughs> Nobody loves. He loves you. He absolutely does. He, over in Zechariah, remember there, he says that, that he, the, the Bible says that he, he, um, he rejoices over his children with singing. Think about that. God sings about you. That's a pretty neat thought. Isn't that neat imagery? I, I think that's, uh, that, that is a pretty good indication that, that God wants you and loves you. I think Calvary is a great indication, don't you think? What an, un- what an understatement that is. So he's omnipotent. He loves you. He desires us. Uh, he, he, when he says, I'm going to deliver you, he's going to deliver, right? And his deliverance isn't, isn't temporary. Our, our, our salvation is an eternal deliverance. For the moment you trust in Jesus Christ, we will exist eternally in the presence of God. There will never be a time when we are not in the presence of God. Let that, if you have trouble going to sleep at night, bring that one up and think about it. Just, just mull over that one. There will never be a time that you will not be in the presence of God. You'll go to sleep like that. You will. It'll be like too much to think about. It's, it's beautiful though. Everybody wants deliverance, don't they? They want deliverance from f- deliverance. They want freedom. Yeah, right. They want ex- freedom. They want the, the freedom of expression. They want all of these things. They try to find it in a lot of weird ways too. You know, people try to find their deliverance and their freedom in all sorts of fun ways. They mark their bodies up now. Right. It's a, it's a, uh, an aspect, an avenue of freedom. Yeah, they go and paint on buildings and trains, graffiti, kind of an act of freedom, deliverance, expression, things like that. But see, the problem is they're still bound in sin. Doesn't doesn't free us, does it? Doesn't free at all. Doesn't free at all. But we know that deliverance comes from Jesus Christ, the God who knows. The God who is all-knowing, the God who is omnipotent, He is all-powerful. He knows, He knows. He didn't just promise to bring them out a little way. 
He promised to bring them out entirely out of Egypt and to bring them to the place that he had already promised the family. I love that. And he did it, didn't he? They're still there today. I mean, you you want evidence that God does what He says? They're still there today. God, I, mean, I don't have to. We got to we got to stop. But of all of the nations around them, and of all of the nations on the planet that want a country the size of Rhode Island off the map, it's 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 mind-boggling. I mean, you're talking a nation the size of Rhode Island. Most of the world wants them gone, and they're still there. Why? Because God said this. Actually, God said that's my land. He called it his own. Not only is it the land of, of, of Israel, but he said it's mine. My name is on it. There. God owns the world, but he put his name on Israel. Think about that. And it's still there. You know what? That's, who you, that's the God you can trust today. That's the God who you have a relationship with today. If you're saved, I hope you are. That's the God who you bring your problems to. We can see it. This is what he does. Yeah. If God before us, Paul said, who can be against us? Amen. Amen. He is a God who communicates with us. He is a God of compassion. And we're going to see next week, hopefully, we're going to see the, the commission of God. He's got, a, he's got a plan for Moses. He's got a plan for him. Listen, there's some things that we'll never know about God if we never step out and do what he wants us to do. Yeah. There's some, there's some, there's some, uh, there's some elements of his, of his nature and who he is that we that are never that will not be experienced outside of a life of walking in faith, yeah. and so uh, you can try to play it safe all you want, and you what you'll do is you'll play it safe, and you'll miss the presence of God that you need so badly. So you need deliverance. You have a need in your life. Can I tell you? God knows. He's holy. Yeah. He's unchanging. He's all knowing. He's all powerful. Whatever you need, listen. Go to him. Somebody asked for a smoke. Did you ever find your glasses? There's a, you know what? I, I did the other day with something. I'm like, Lord, you know where these are. I don't know where they are, but you know where they are. And uh, he's probably saying, you're not going to get them because they're, <laughs> they're in the dump. No, they went in a trash bag somewhere. So, but uh, he knows. He knows it. Yeah. And so I'm thankful for that. Trust him today, would you? Whatever the need is, he'll deliver you in his time and for his purpose and for your good, he'll deliver you and trust him in that. Father, thank you today for the reminder. These things seem so elementary, but it's amazing how badly we need them to be reminded over and over again of who you are and what you are capable of doing. You can do all things. And Lord, we know that you do all things well. We thank you for that. Would you encourage us today, whatever the needs are, the, that we would turn to you, that we'd seek your face, that we'd trust you, that we'd lay them upon you and seek, uh, seek your involvement in them. And we thank you that we have the assurance that you, that you will involve yourself in those needs that we have. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.